0: Well, hello, friends. I greet you with Jesus joy. It is great to be with you this morning, even virtually, my friends. And so in keeping with our March sermon series, hearing the voice of God, I want you to turn your attention to Jeremiah chapter 42, verses 10 through 11 is where we will start. The New American Standard Bible says, If you will indeed stay in this land, then I will build you up and not tear you down, and I will plant you and not uproot you. For I will relent concerning the calamity that I have inflicted on you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you are now fearing. Do not be afraid of him, declares the Lord. For I am with you to save you and deliver you from his hand. For a very brief moment today, I want to speak to you from the very simple thought, the grass is not always greener on the other side. Again, I tell you today, the grass is not always greener on the other side. Friends, if not all of you, many of you, Social media is a part of your life. We intentionally scroll and we get a glimpse inside the lives of others. We get to see the success stories of others when people graduate, when people obtain promotions and we can get excited or we can become jealous. The truth be told is that we look and we scroll and we get to see these success stories, but I wish that social media would kind of cultivate a process page, a process page that details the late nights, that details the times of tears, that details how often and how hard it was for these people to reach this journey friends. However, there is no process page on Instagram or Facebook, and we are left only to look at their lives. And for some of us, if not many of us, we like to form an unrealistic metric, an unrealistic metric of success, believing that they've reached the destination of success and we are steadfast in the process. For that moment, we like to believe that the grass is greener for them, than it is for us. But friends, I want to challenge you for about 14 more minutes to throw that type of thinking away in the trash can because the grass is not always greener on the other side. Friends, I got a friend named Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you know him. He's in the Bible. Jeremiah happened to be a prophet. He was a messenger of God's justice, but here it is. He was also a messenger of God's grace. And Jeremiah is right here in Judah and the surrounding cities of Jerusalem, and he sent a hard message to proclaim, and that is that these people need to get right with God. Jeremiah is speaking this text message to these believers at a time where it is full of tragedy, it is full of calamity, it's so bad that people are worshiping idol gods, it's so dark that people are actually sacrificing children. And Jeremiah is sent to proclaim to them that God is there with outstretched arms, saying, Come to me. I love you. Let that thing go over there. I'm here for you. And so, my friends, in this uncertain time, I am urging each of us to pause, to reflect, and to apply the words that are found in Jeremiah 42. Because as we journey together, it's smack dab right there in verses 1 through 6 that we're taught our very first lesson today. And the truth is, our lesson is quite succinct, but it's true. And that is that prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. You see right here in verses one through six, I sum it up and tell you what's going on because this thing is better than a fat kid who loves cake. You see right here, all the commanders have come together. They've gathered the people small and great, and they've come because they have a decision to make. It's full of tragedy at the moment. It's full of calamity at the moment. And these people are like, hey, I want to go over to Egypt where none of this is happening. And yet they see the Lord's prophet, Jeremiah, and they come up to him. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, Jeremiah. Hey, we're trying to make a big decision. And the decision is, is whether we do we stay in Judah where all of this is going on or do we flee and go to Egypt? They ask Jeremiah, would he pray for them? And they're begging Jeremiah saying, please, please pray for us because we're really trying to get some release at the moment. And we pick up this episode right here in verse 6, and notice how these gathered people speak about where they're going and the prayers they want from Jeremiah. They say, well, hey, when you pray, whatever the Lord gives you, whether it is pleasant or unpleasant, is in verse 6, we will listen to the voice of the Lord our God to whom we are sending you so that it may go well with us when we listen to the voice of the Lord our God. Notice how open the people are. This openness that we're seeing in them asking Jeremiah to pray for them, they, they really are open at this moment. But guess what? They're only open because they're going through danger. Friends, I've observed corporately and personally that it often takes tragedy, sickness, danger or rejection for most of us, if not many of us, to become open in our relationship with God. Think about it. I share a personal story. Most days I have this laundry list, this behemoth type of laundry list that I'm literally trying to get done. I have so many to-do lists. I have alarms on my phone and I have to make sure that I have to be out the door at a certain time that I make it to work in time. And many days before the virus spread, I will get up and just go straight to that to-do list, forsaking any quiet time with God, forsaking any scripture reading, forsaking any time to just pause. But all of a sudden, when the coronavirus began to spread, when our nation began to become in an uproar, I've noticed that every day I wake up, I say, thank you, Jesus. I sit on the edge of the bed and I pause and I pray. And the first thing I'm picking up is not my cell phone, but in fact, it's my Bible. But friends, it should not take tragedy for us to worship, pray or preach about our terrific God. You see, the threat of the coronavirus has caused all of us to pause, to reflect, to have a moment, if you will. However, when we do pray, even after hopefully this virus is dead, we need to become open to God. We need to remain open to God because here it is, we may have a laundry list of what we want God to do, but here it is, God has some instructions that he would like from us. And if we do not remain silent, pause, in prayer, we will only have the monologue part of our prayer rather than the dialogue that God wants to speak to us. Friends, it's in Jeremiah 42 that we're taught our first lesson that prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. Don't fall into the trap. But if you're going to believe that the grass is not always greener on the other side, also in verses 7 through 18, we're taught this. This is a hard one. Get ready. God's instruction May not match your desire. God's instruction, it may not match your desire. You see, after they've asked Jeremiah to pray, they say, Please pray for us. We're trying to come to a decision. We need you to come rather quickly. God makes Jeremiah wait 10 days before he drops a text message in his inbox. And after those 10 days, Jeremiah says, gather all your people together, small and great, and they gather them all together. And it's in verses 10 and 11 that we hear the text message read. Jeremiah says, if you will indeed stay in this land, then I will build you up and not tear you down. I will plant you and not uproot you. I will relent concerning the calamity that I have inflicted on you. Don't be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you are now fearing. Don't be afraid of him, declares the Lord. For I am with you to save you and to deliver you from his hand. Friends, here we see God assures them that although there is a bunch load of calamity going on in Judah and the surrounding cities of Jerusalem, he tells them, you don't need to go to Egypt. You want to know why? Because I'm here with you. That's what God is saying. He's saying that, and if you stay close to God, I'll build you up and not tear you down. I'll plant you and I won't uproot you. In essence, what God is speaking to them, we know to be true of us and can be reminded of it right now, that if we stay close to God physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, we can count on the promises of God being manifest in our life. But yet on the other hand, the text message gets a bit worse now because he says, if you're just so caught up in saying you have to believe that the grass is greener in Egypt, then guess what? The things you're scared of, war, The things you're scared of, diseases, the things you're scared of will have access to you and you will die there. Friends, herein lies the truth. It is always easier to run away from God than it is to remain faithful to God. See, in this time of panic, we can fill our life with all, we can fill the voice of our life with so many things. We can fill them up with negative thoughts. We can fill it up with unhelpful dialogue. We can even fill it up with a pessimistic attitude. But this is not the desire of God. God instructs us to trust God even when we cannot trace God. God instructs us to trust God and not lean on our own understanding. This is why the wisdom writer says in Proverbs 12 and verse 25, that anxiety in a man's heart will weigh him down, but a good word makes him glad. You see, our natural desire as human beings at this moment is to complain. At this moment, it is to talk about how we have been inconvenienced by the spreading of the coronavirus. But it's in this moment that we need to come out of our creature comfort and focus on the God who gave us all comfort. And we need to begin to ask, God, what do you want of us at this moment? Because when we do this, then we become submerged in the instruction of God, even though it may not match our desire. I promise your father knows best. Friends the grass is not always green on the other side Jeremiah 42 teaches us that prayer remain open it's not just a mo- it's not just a monologue it's a dialogue remain open because God's instruction may not match your desire and it's okay but yet we approach an intersection now in verses 19 through 22 and it's the intersection of whether we will believe or be deceived even virtually You choose. You see, after Jeremiah has revealed this long, good and bad, happy and sad text message, Jeremiah then affirms everything that the Lord has told him. He says, Judah, surrounding cities of Jerusalem, I would do what the Lord says to do. He knows best. He's telling them that you need to stay put, stay close to God, get real tight with God. Even in the midst of the war, the famine, the tragedy, please stay close to God. Because I promise you the grass is not green over there in Egypt. And he tells them, if you'll stay close to God, God will stay close to you. But friends, at this moment, as you may be sitting on your couch watching TV, or with your computer in your lap, I want to ask you a question. What will you believe during this time? Will you believe all of the uncertainty that's going on? Will your fear lead you to a destination that you should not be, or will you allow your faith to overrun your fear? Believe or be deceived. You choose. Friends, when I think about the choice that we have, rather to believe or be deceived, I think about our virus, but guess what? I also think about my backyard. My backyard, it's just not as beautiful as my wife and I would like. It has some bald spots in my backyard. And we have tried everything. We tried to lay some sod down. We tried to put some grass seeds down. We even switched our lawn care provider. And it's these just ugly bald spots that are just around. However, In the past three weeks, our lawn care provider has not been able to come. And of course, in the past two weeks, it's been because of the coronavirus and the threat and spread of that. But it's in those three weeks that we could do nothing, that we had to pause, that I've noticed Thursday of this past week, grass is growing in every space of every bald spot like never before. The lawn care provider came on Friday and he cut the grass and after he did, he knocked on the door. He said, what did you do to get the grass to grow in these bald spots? I've tried everything and I smiled and said, I don't know, God did it. Could it be that in this moment, I don't want to spiritualize the moment, but I just want to tell the truth. Could it be that maybe we're experiencing this widespread pandemic because God wants us to take our hand off of the busyness of our life and he wants to put his hand on it? Could it be that in this moment, maybe we are to pause and to reflect because God is trying to turn us Godward instead of just everywhere elseward? Could it be that in this moment, God wants to teach us that the grass is not greener in our busyness. The grass is not greener in what we can accomplish. The grass is not greener in everything else, but the grass is always greener with the master gardener named God. And so, my friends, maybe we need to be just like what happened in our backyard. We can learn from the grass today that God created the grass as he created us. And as he created us, he knows what works for us best. And so, my friends, today, the question I have for you is this. Will you follow God or will you follow your fear? There could be some of you here today that you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And even from your living room, I believe that this is a fine time to do that today. And so if that's you, I just ask not for you to walk a virtual aisle, But just to simply repeat a prayer after me, repeat that I admit that I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died for every sin that I could commit. And I confess that Jesus is the Lord and head of my life. If you have just made that decision to accept Jesus as your savior, I am so happy for you you drop us an email in the comment section and let us know because we want to celebrate with you. But it could be that someone here may feel like you want to be a part of what God is doing at Second Points. If that is you, hey, feel free to let us know in the comment section that you want to connect with us because you better believe we want to connect with you. We are simply imperfect people serving a perfect God. And so, friends, if that's you, I invite you to write a comment or a post or email us. You can go to SPDL.org. All our emails are there. But as we prepare to end our time together, let us be reminded of this fact by Corey Ten Boom, that we should never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. And so I together take away the sermon in a sentence is simply this. God sustains us. Reliance on any other thing other than God provides temporary comfort. Let's pray. God in heaven, we thank you so much for all you do for us. God, we thank you that you're the God of comfort in the midst of uncertainty. And so God, please allow our faith in you to overrun our fear, that you may build us up and not tear us down, that you may plant us and not uproot us, that you may offer us the full-length compassion that you give to all of your children. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us. We hope to see you soon.